Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Lifestyle. Today we're going to talk about the healthy workplace, or as I like to refer to it, I think most workplaces are not healthy. We're going to talk about that and why and what do we do about it. This is going to be a great conversation because I think most people listening are just like me. When I am in control of my own environment, when I'm working out of my home office, when I'm home, when I can control my schedule, when I can control the food that I eat, I actually live a very healthy lifestyle. But when I get out and do work, when I'm traveling for work, when I'm doing a project on site somewhere, I suck at it and I do everything unhealthy. And and I, that's one problem, but we're also going to talk about the actual workplace itself and things you can do, initiatives you can take to be make your workplace a healthy one. So let's get to it. We're joined this morning by Lee Stringer. She's a workplace strategy expert at EYP Architecture and Engineering and the author of a new book called The Healthy Workplace. Lee, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Oh, the pleasure is mine. I am so grateful to, uh, for your time and attention. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I think virtually everyone listening to this can benefit from what we're about to talk about. Before we get into our discussion, Lee, take a few minutes and walk us through a bit about you, your background, the work you're doing at EYP, and, and then why you decided to write a book on this subject that I think is so critical. Well, I am a workplace strategist, as you mentioned, which means that um, I'm part of the advanced team in an architecture firm that goes in and really gets to know the business before we put pen to paper and start designing a new space or a new building for folks. We really want to understand how they work in teams, individually, etc. So I go in and use a, a lot of behavioral psychology and other things to really analyze how people uh, are working today, but, but more importantly, how they want to work in the future. And a lot of those discussions have uh, resulted in a desire from many people to have a workplace that's it's their home away from home, right? We spend so many hours there. How can we make it more effective and more healthy? I will say one of the reasons I kind of got into this health thing in a big way was just really stressing out and hitting a wall working for a large firm a few years ago. And it was awesome work. I loved it. But I was just working crazy hours. And I finally realized I can't pull another rabbit out of my hat. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to push through this one. And, you know, I can do this. I can be a mom. I can do it all. And I just couldn't. And I just was exhausted. And so took some time off. And part of that was, yeah, a, a, a chance to do some research and really dig deep and to see what are the best companies out there doing when it comes to health and well-being. What can I personally learn for it? And then what can I share with others to make it you know, easier for all of us to feel better about our work and feel better about ourselves? Well, when you described yourself there in the struggle you faced, you described about 99.9% .9 of human beings in their workplace. <laughs> and so, I mean, this is, and this is not something you necessarily fix overnight. And I, part no. of the discussion here is how much of this is physical design versus mental and you know mindset. I mean, I think that's a part of it too. I mean, what's the bigger problem? I mean, your focus is on design as an architectural firm as you're building new structures and, and designing workplaces. I mean, how much of this is physical versus just a mindset issue, and that there's just not management support for a wellness culture within an organization? 
I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I do think space can provide all kinds of nudges to shape our behavior, but without a culture and well, a leadership group that's really behind, believes themselves in the importance of health and well-being of other people and what that's going to do to their bottom line. If that's not there, then, you know, it won't work. And one of the interesting things doing with EYP is working with uh, the Harvard School of Public Health and rolling out, it's kind of in the uh, pilot process now, but it's really interesting. It's kind of a survey index kind of thing where we're asking our employees and doing all kinds of research from lots of perspectives to look at the connections between engagement, culture, well-being, productivity, and the built environment all in one. And um, the results are just coming out now, so it's really exciting to kind of see connections. One example of this is we realize that all of our different offices, we ask people how much they work out over the, you know, on average over a typical uh, month, over the last month, in the case of the survey. And we found a direct correlation between those offices that were located right next to green space or a place to walk around or bike than those places that were not and by a parking lot. So, it's not that, I mean, there were a lot of people, we know we've got a lot of uh, super exercisers in those offices that don't have a park, but it is a big nudge and it does impact it. So what um, I'm really passionate about and understanding is the interconnection between all these things. Well, it's more than just putting a gym within your your workspace, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's, that's I think that's a great thing to do, and there are people that will take advantage of it. But you and I also know there's too many people that even though they have a gym that's within... 10 feet of their office probably certainly in their building or certainly within their neighborhood where they're where they work they don't take advantage of that i mean is it more than just the gym i mean see if you ask me todd well what would be the things that you would do in a workplace to make it healthier well one is i would get rid of all desks and there would only be standing desks i would not have any meeting rooms because i would encourage you to do, to take walking meetings i would have bowls of fruit and vegetables in the workroom and not snap machines with with cupcakes and that kind of stuff. I mean, and that's, I guess that's part of it, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it. Talk more about the physical design and other things that are tangible that a workplace can do to improve the, the, the health and wellness of, of, of their team. Well, if you, oh, there's so many, but I'll, I'll touch on a few and one that you, you mentioned earlier, this idea of choice, right? You said you could choose at your house how and where and when you work and what right. you eat. I think companies that get that and kind of um, play that out in a larger workplace allow choice in how, when, where their employees are working um, provides all kinds of better outcomes. There's an interesting study by these guys, Karasek and Theorel, they're occupational health guys, and did a study of like the entire country of Sweden or something, and looked at all these different job types, and they found that regardless of whether you're a CEO or a taxi driver, a teacher, whatever, the more choice you have on how, when, and where your work gets done, the less likely you are to have heart disease. Mm. So that was fascinating. Also, less likely you were to have stress, reduced absenteeism, you know, if you provide more choice, all these sorts of things. So think about that in lots of different ways, whether it's sitting and standing, whether it's being able to move around because you have a laptop and you can kind of work in lots of different settings, whether it's being able to work at home sometimes or an alternative schedule. Everybody works differently. Everybody has a different job. Totally get that. But there's got to be some flexibility um, in some way. Even if it's modest, it really does help increase movement and, you know, get folks moving in terms of uh, exercise and lots of other things. 
if they have choice to not just be trapped sitting at a desk, Cro-Magnon style, hunched over a computer. That's a really good thing to to move around for lots of health reasons that are in the press every day. Well, um, I mean, the new thing, sitting is the new smoking. I mean, yeah. we're all tired of that. I mean, but our our body was not designed to sit in a chair. I mean, that's not what our physiology is supposed to be doing. And we're doing it for eight or more hours a day. What about incentives? I mean, what about this idea of saying, Look, if you can show me at the end of the day on your uh, on your device of choice that you've done 10,000 steps, boom, I'm going to give you a 10% bonus at the end of the year. Or, or, I mean, what, any research or any study on those kinds of things or that you employing gamification and making competition. I mean, is that stuff actually, I mean, it sounds good and it, it writes good in an article, but does it actually work? It does. And you're right. There are all kinds of articles out there and a lot of them discount each other or, you know, conflict a little bit. But what I'm finding is that it is good to have competition. A lot of organizations are finding competition in teams work really well, maybe not against individuals, but, you know, and then also the prize, making the prize not too big. Um, when the prize gets too big, for whatever reason, um, it doesn't have quite the impact as these kind of little, little carrots do to achieve our goal. The other thing that I'm finding, another number of companies are separating their wellness plan from their healthcare benefits. Ah. And because, you know, when you, those incentives kind of creep into, or the, the wellness programs, you know, well, you can save all this money on your healthcare and that kind of thing. It becomes very coercive. It, it doesn't have the the warm fuzzies <laughs> that you want people to have engaging in wellness programs. So I was talking to the Motley Fool and lots of others who have separated their and seen incredible results from separating the health benefits from the wellness programs. And I've seen like 95% of participation crazy because they're doing lots of things, but also because they um, are doing it kind of separate from just providing health care. So that's another important uh, aspect of the incentive piece. Talk about some of the real key bad habits that you see in an unhealthy workplace and, and identify a couple of those and, and then share a couple of what should be the good habits that you, we should be observing in our workplace. So many bad habits. One of them is having horrible food mm, <laughs> sitting yeah. out like donuts. Right. Oh. And it's so terrible because, you know, we, we celebrate with like, you know, this wonderful food that is so bad for us. And of course, we want to celebrate birthdays at work. That's a really important thing for the culture. But could it be, you know, something a little less painful than, you know, big old donuts or chocolate cake or whatever. So one of the things that companies are doing in small, medium and large is to look at what's called choice architecture, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, nudges that you are naturally going to buy certain foods in the grocery store because they're placed in a prominent way on the end of the aisle or at the checkout counter versus, you know, the middle of the aisle at the top. So a lot of uh, retail environments are kind of now informing workplaces and saying, hey, one thing to do rather than putting the donuts out in front is have healthier choices that are more visible. And that could be in your vending machine. That could be in, you know, your, your, just your choices when you're buying food for meals or, or town halls or, you know, things like that. It's just another option. It's not that you should, or I, I think a lot of companies think, well, I should just get rid of all bad food, <laughs> which we've tried in one of our offices. And people are just hungry all the time because there isn't food at all. You know, we, we want to provide healthy choices and options for people when you really do want a snack, you can grab one, no problem. But, um, but choice is good. Yeah, I mean, I, when I travel to Atlanta and I work out of my local studio there, the space I use is is populated by a number of different organizations. And the management there, they they sponsor this morning donuts, and they they have this box, big box of donuts in the kitchen. And then there's always a little sign saying, "Today's donuts are brought to you by Acme." 
And I just, I, it's just, I appreciate the effort and all that, but I just walk by and I just think to myself, diabetes, 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 and I walk <laughs> away. And, you know, I, and so those are the kind of things where that's a, you think that's a good mood for culture. It actually isn't. Talk about, I mean, I think it's real important because uh, there's probably still some stubborn managers who think, well, if I'm focusing on wellness and all this schmaltzy stuff and all that, Productivity and creativity and performance is going to go down. But there's studies that say, nah, uh-uh, the exact opposite thing happens. This focus on this stuff, uh, uh, an intensive mindset shift in these things has a positive impact on productivity, creativity, and human performance, right? Yeah, there's all kinds of amazing studies coming out of the woodworks now. There's a couple I love. One is looking at um, a couple of the companies that win these health and health awards, um, like the C. Everett Cooper Award or the C. Corporate Health Achievement Award. Really companies that work really hard to come up with inventive ideas to engage their employees and reduce chronic disease and other things. And uh, this this couple of researchers basically compared those winners over the last 12, 13 years with the S&P 500. And these companies have outperformed the S&P by two or three times. It's, it's a freakish amount. Two <laughs> or like, three oh, X. I mean, two it's, or- it's a big number. Yes. So one thing to consider, if you you may actually want to look at those award winners to build your stock portfolio. But the thing is, so those are good numbers. There's a lot of, you know, uh, studies that say the ROI on health benefits programs are something like six to one if it's a good program and it's kind of been, been vetted. Lots of, you know, analyses around that. Honestly, I mean, I'm in the real estate market, so I'm looking at buildings and buildings that market themselves as being healthy are getting absorbed faster. So that means they're getting rented out way faster than buildings that aren't. People value this. They like this stuff. And um, and the truth is, I mean, back to the mindset thing, we are the company. <laughs> we are we are the machine. We're not robots. We're these, you know, we flesh and blood. We're made up of, you know, bits and bites that are that are very much human. And the way that we think and the way that we feel, the more that companies recognize that or leaders see us and think of our teams and our people as individuals and really tap into that and figure out, well, how do we maximize the performance of this tool set we've been given, the more likely they are to see um, incredible results in the bottom line. And I've talked to a number of companies who, who do get it. And you know, when you walk through the front door of an organization that gets it, because number one, their financials look pretty good, which is why I'm walking through their door. But also, you see like people plastered everywhere. They're valuing their people. There's um, people doing planks in the hallway. It's like, it's crazy, but um, but it's a different. It's a mindset shift, right? It has to change culture. You have to change the dress code. There's a lot of things that have to shift in terms of value and importance, but it does pay off. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Like I said at the top of the show, we could talk for hours and all this, and we might have to figure out ways to collaborate down the road to go deeper in some of these things. But I want to close on a discussion around I think three really critical things. There's a lot more that we need to talk about, but for the interest of time today. We, I joked earlier, I pseudo-joked earlier about this idea of incenting people to get their 10,000 steps a day. I think movement, uh, increasing movement in activity and people walking around and being active, I think is important. How do you do that? Two, as you said, your own story, there's just way too much stress in our workplace environment today. And, and how, do we, how do we eliminate that? And, you know, as you said, also increase mindfulness, which I, I've learned over the last several years how important that is. And then I think there's steps we can take too. We uh, to there's probably the actions we can take 
mindsets we can adopt during the day that improve our sleep at night, which uh, we could talk for hours about the studies that show how that improves productivity, creativity, and human performance. So, so talk about increasing movement, reducing stress, and, and improving sleep. Okay. Well, on the movement side, definitely getting up, standing up every 30 minutes, moving every hour and a half, much more often if you can handle it, is really great. And there are lots of different ways to do this. Take conference calls as you're walking and talking. That's become a lot more common now. You know, your one-on-ones, stand-up meetings. Um, even when you're standing, you're actually moving a little bit and shifting your weight a little bit. So that's really good. And other ways to move. So take the stairs. Uh, that has been talked about a lot. But one of the interesting tricks you can do at home or in your office, <laughs> more likely your office, is put a sign up that reminds people right by the elevator, hey, if you take the take the stairs, you can you know, burn this many calories. And uh, people are 54% more likely to take the stairs when they see a tiny little sign. It's amazing. But yeah, and making, you know, making them more pleasant, more well lit. I think a lot of stairwells are really frightening in a lot of buildings there. They, you know, the, the emergency stair and they're closed off and dark and no, nobody wants to use that. They're also closed off in certain floors. You know, you can't always get to the floor you need to get to. So rethink that, rethink about how you can leverage what's already existing in your workplace. The other, the other interesting thing about movement is locating your business if you have an opportunity to do so by subway or public transportation because Mm -hmm. people are i think it's four times more likely to get in their ten thousand steps if they're by a subway line than if they're not if they're in their car so just by allowing people to get there by other means other than sitting in a car and carpool or you know um, terrible traffic for long periods of time is is good on multiple levels that leads us to mental health (laughs) reducing road rage right So mental health, I mean, there's so many things to do. One of the big things I find from a physical perspective that's that's really helpful is this idea of biophilia. So biophilia is our preference to be in and among nature. And since the green building movements come about, there have been a lot of studies looking at you know, patients in hospitals and their, their improved outcomes, how quickly they get out of the hospital, if they have a view of green or nature or something lovely. And it's, you don't have to be chronically ill to appreciate um, and to benefit from that. So one of the things that we need to really be productive is to be able to reduce this chronic stress that we have. Some stress is good. We've had it forever. Stress is a part of, you know, being a human, but uh, the chronic stress is really what gets to us is constant browse of email. So being able to walk outside for a few minutes, enjoy nature, sit up and look at a window, put a fake plant by your desk, believe it or not, that works great too. Ikea has some nice choices. It has to look real. Uh, what else? So yeah, this idea of, you know, restoring yourself. So yeah, if you can meditate, there are all kinds of apps now that just five minutes, you know, walk away um, and, and relax. But I think creativity, there's all kinds of evidence that that creativity is released when we're most relaxed. Um, again, not, you know, Cro-Magnet style over the laptop, but we're, we're literally just releasing our brain from being so focused. That's when those great insights happen. And we need that. That's what our business needs, those great insights to do things faster, better. What else? Uh, the other thing about, I guess I mentioned getting outside a little bit. So sleep, there's a lot of really awesome research coming out about sleep. We can impact our sleep at work. One of the ways to do that is to use a circadian light bulb. There are a lot of them that have kind of come out of, you know, northern climates where there isn't a lot of sun, but there's a ton of research now in uh, circadian lighting systems. And it's different from normal bulbs. It actually is like a, there's a special light wave that circadian lights will kind of send to the back of your eye, which is a special nerve, which picks up whether you should be wakeful or sleepy. 
they've been using this in the military for a long time, actually, to control, you know, when troops are ready to hit the ground after they've been on a plane for many hours going to Afghanistan. It's fascinating. But we can leverage this in our workplace by using daylight and uh, circadian lights that encourage wakefulness. I just saw this in a high school in, in Virginia. And um, the students, the, there was like a one room that was set up with circadian lighting, one that wasn't. And the grades are better in the room with the students who have circadian lighting and they feel better and the teachers feel better, which I was most happy about. So it's really fun to see these things happen. I think we've been living in the dark for the last two, 300 years, as long as we've been working inside, comparatively to outside. And we, uh, this is something we can do to, to fix that. The other thing, if you can't buy a light bulb or whatever, just get outside in the morning. Get outside for as long as you can make it happen. If it's cold, you know, maybe you need to just uh, find another way to do this. But uh, definitely getting your eye exposed to really bright morning light will reset your sleep schedule during the day. Fascinating stuff. So simple. I mean, and we know these things, Lee. I mean, there's, there's I ample material out there, ample thought leadership, and I hate that word, but but there's so <laughs> much content that talks about these simple little things, I mean, that, that that we can employ. So that's why we had you on the show, because I wanted you to walk through some of these things. I mean, so, some comments there on what you just said about movement, stress, and, and sleep. I, I My wife and I moved to Chicago earlier this year, and, and we got got rid of our cars and so we now we go we walk everywhere and we use public transportation less than we thought we would just because the city's so walkable and and, and that's been great for us so uh, this removing stress i mean I, I agree with you i mean there's a million things to do there but there's a website and i'll link to this in the show notes i think it's called do nothing for two minutes you just go to this website and you hit start and it just counts down two minutes where you're expected to not do a thing and if you do that just a couple of times a day, it, it's like a mini meditation. I mean, those, yep. those, those little things really do have an impact. It's, it's staggering. And, you know, the, the, the sleep thing. I mean, there, there's, a, there's an organization here in Chicago that has made a, a big stink about that deal is that they kick their people out of the office at 5 p.m. If you're not out of here by 5 p.m., then you're doing something wrong. You need to be able to get the work that you're supposed to do done in normal hours and get home so you can spend time with your family, one, which is good for mental health, but two, go to bed at a normal hour. We don't want you here working all-nighters. That means there's something broken if that's if that's the, the workplace mentality that you have or is encouraged by management, which we all know happens. So some staggering stuff. Well, Lee, gosh, dog, I mean, we have barely scratched the surface and all the things we could do to to uh, forge a healthy workplace uh, and perhaps we'll have to talk about ways to get you back on the show to go deeper on some of these things but uh, this has been a great start on this con- very very important conversation so grateful that you stopped by before i let you go should anyone have any questions on any of this how do they find you where can they learn more about the work that you're doing at eyp and most importantly where can they f- get their hands on a copy of the healthy workplace <laughs> well, you can buy the book anywhere books are sold, and um, you can reach out to me at leestringer.com, and I will be happy to respond with any questions. One of the things I'm trying to do on my website is not only publish, since the book has been written, any you know the latest and greatest articles around any of the stuff we talked about today, and you know my take on it, and really connect people to resources because I, I think it's important, especially as we're trying to make the business case to have the science behind us. Uh, so I'm I'm always trying to do that. I love to interview people as well, not audio, more old school style, but um, happy to have experts on and share kind of their latest research and, and dig deeper into what that means for health. All right, Lee Stringer, a workplace strategy expert out of EYP Architecture and 
engineering and the author of a new book out this year called The Healthy Workplace. Lee, great to have you. Thanks again for stopping by. Oh, thanks so much for having me. A real pleasure. Uh, the pleasure was mine. All right. All the time we have for now. Again, on behalf of my guest, Lee Stringer, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Lifestyle. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.